Welcome to the Bruins Brenders Podcast, Season 3, Episode 8, with Idaho Cal and Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Ring Podcast Network. InsideTheRing.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on X and download the Inside the Rink app for extensive Bruins coverage. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit the like button, hit the uh, subscribe button to get all the great content we have and smitty will tell you how you can sign up for espn plus you can sign up for espn plus by going to the inside the rink website go to inside the rink.com slash espn and sign up today i have espn plus i love all the college sports ufc and nhl hockey so sign up for espn plus at inside the rink.com slash espn today so you don't miss any bruins action one last time and i think Arda will agree with me you should sign up at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Yes, you can get our very own guest here. Arda O'Kell is back with us again. It's been a long time, and we love to see you, buddy. Thanks for the invite. Always yeah. happy to be on the show. You guys are great. Love being oh, on. It. I'm glad you did the whole spiel so I don't have to. <laughs> right. Great. Thanks for taking right. it off the table. Yeah. Got it out of the way. Awesome job. I saw, saw the big great smile. So I, I know the relief. That was great. I was also nodding my head, by the way. Like, I didn't know when we were actually going to come on camera. So I was just, right. like, nodding to the theme music. I was like, yeah. 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 moving here. And oh, like, oh yeah. we're on. Oh, well. I'll continue. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Boston's own extreme from back in Let's the go. 80s. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, so, hey, congrats on your new deal. Just announced uh, right before you came on. Perfect timing. Thanks for doing that for us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no problem. I thought that this is one of those, like, you know, we we had that on Monday where you have a rundown set, right? Mm-hmm. And then like half of it has to go in the garbage because giant news comes out in the NHL. Like that happens, I don't know, like every three or four podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. And you're kind of hoping if you record a day early, you're like, please not, let's not have giant <laughs> news break. So yeah, right. it makes all of our stuff sound old, you know, like mm-hmm. that's, uh, yeah, it's good. I, I did that as a favor to you guys, really. Well, we, yeah. we can announce it at, yeah, if we can announce wow. it, tonight before 10 p.m eastern <laughs> that'd be right. great right yeah. yeah that's great so you and your buddy greg wasinski get the deals yeah. and that's great you guys do a great job we love watching you and it's a real well-deserved uh you know contract for you guys for yeah sure. thanks for saying that uh wish is great uh i mean yeah. you know he's been a mainstay in uh, in hockey for a very long time, deservedly so. He works very, very hard. I know it firsthand, three years of doing a podcast, a show with him, and it's increased every year. And he uh, his work ethic is second to none. He uh, takes great pride in the content that we create, and so do I. So it's, it's a great it's a great podcast marriage. And uh, we're in audio form this year, which is terrific too. So twice a week with the drop and... Uh, we it, it, like the way I the way I look at it. Like the reason I'm happy the drop exists and continues to exist is because that's the place where Wish and I get to do the things that we may not necessarily be able to do elsewhere. You know, like it's yeah. it's a canvas, a uh, blank canvas for us to paint, and that's a lot of fun. So mm. that's why I'm happy it's continuing, and we will continue at ESPN. And you know, I mean, I'm blessed, guys. Like, I mean, I I have a blast. I'm doing awesome work. And this is exactly what I want to do with my life. So, you know, if I can continue doing it, then, of course, I'm going to continue doing it, right? 
Yeah, well, it's great. It's great, and uh, you know, we we are we are uh, very happy that you'll be back. You'll back on and, and on uh, for a while on ESPN. So that's great. Um, we're going to do seven chirps right now, and that's sponsored by Lops Brewing, Lobster Brewing and Tasting Room in downtown Woodsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. You can use the coupon code Sports to get ten percent off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com. Follow them at Lops Brewing for new beers and events. And chirp number one, are the San Jose Sharks the worst team in NHL history? Uh, it's certainly trending that way. Uh, there are two teams, actually, that are statistically worse if you're looking purely at the numbers. Funny enough, they have the worst goal differential through 11 games in NHL history. That's confirmed. Minus 43, I think it is. And so if they continue the way they're going... Well, if they really continue the way they're going, they're not going to win a game, which would be hilarious. <laughs> like, imagine that happening. Like zero uh, yeah. wins. Exactly. Amazing. Mm. Um, the the uh, inaugural capital season in the 70s, they only had eight wins and and only one. They only won once on the road. Like, wow. can you imagine that. Like, wow. That's insane. One right? road win. Wow. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Just one. And they had both of the both both them and the 92, 93 Sharks. That was the Sharks second year in the league. Uh, they both had 17 game losing streaks. Mm, man. So wow. the Sharks have a little ways to go before they're the worst team in NHL history, but uh, they're certainly trending that way, which is disturbing to see. They don't really have any bright spots on the roster, though, either, do they? I mean, are there any, like, you look at the future of that team and you're like, where is where are the good players? Where's the where's the silver lining for this team being so bad? It, you know, do they have prospects in a prospect pool that's any good or or young stars there? It doesn't really seem like they do. Mario Ferraro probably jumps to mind. Uh, yeah. He's probably mm-hmm. going to be a good player uh, for them for years to come. Uh, yeah, but but yeah, it's just not clicking there right now. There are a couple players. Uh, that play for the Barracuda uh, that I could imagine will get more serious looks like maybe they've been up and down mm-hmm. a couple of times. Like Nick Chichek probably an example, a defenseman. Uh, he probably mm-hmm. might get a couple looks, but like, yeah, it's, it's tough sledding there. You know, uh, not, every position is in dire straits at this point. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you go back to back games, allowing 10 plus goals and that hasn't, and by the way, with apologies to the Bruins fans that go. are watching this right coming. now. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was coming. Oh, you guys already yeah. know this. Right? Yeah, <laughs> this back-to-back ten goal, mm-hmm. uh, ga- ten goals allowed hasn't happened since the nineteen sixty-five Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. Just take and it also happened to the I want to say the forty-three, forty-four Bruins. Bruins run it twice. Yeah. Oh, they did games. it twice. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> yeah, twice. And I, and I saw that and I said, "Oh man, that's that's brutal." And the sixty-five that, team, obviously, that's before the seventies and or, and it, it yeah. got better quickly. Yeah, I'm but sure. I'm sure it's one. painful. You know, just as painful as the it was four-one for Leafs fans. I'm sure you guys just mm. think about that sixty-five Bruins team all <laughs> oh, the time. Yeah. Yeah, back to back ten goals yeah. allowed. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> I didn't even stuff. know one existed <laughs> until uh, until I saw the stat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so no, they're not the worst team in HL history, but they have the potential to be. Yeah, for sure. For the Sharks. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, you know what the funny thing is? They don't even have the worst goaltending save percentage in the league, which is hilarious. They just wow from allowed ten goals back to back. Yeah, right. Who's worse than them right now? Shockingly, the Hurricanes. 
right, uh, are in a worse situation. Obviously, now we know what, what happened with Freddie Anderson. We're glad right. that they caught the blood clot uh, early, and you mm-hmm. know, right. hopefully, he's full recovery there. But right, and then the Oilers. Yeah, right. The Which Oilers is like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to the Oilers in a second, but it, yeah, it's been an absolute horrendous start for that team. Uh, you know, su- supposedly a, a Stanley Cup contender, and just to come out of the gates the way they have, uh, it, you know, everybody up there is shocked and and don't really know what to do uh, with that mm-hmm. dumpster fire. So. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, chirp number two. I I really just came on the show to hope to convince you both to watch the uh, Oilers and Sharks game that we have on E plus on Thursday night. I'll tell you, That's... it's, it's, it's circled because uh, <laughs> it could be a dumb, it could be 12, 11. Yeah. That could that's be a football score. Yes, you know, yeah. That's how, we, that's how I should sell it. Yes. You know, right. what? It could be the highest right. scoring game in the last yeah. 50 years. It could right. be 14, 10. Right. I mean, it could be. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be. McDavid could have, you know, he could set the mo- points for uh, most points in a game, you know, in that mm-hmm. game. Well, no, I think oh, the Oilers would probably want to play well, and the Sharks are, you know, desperate for something positive. Yeah. Mike Greer, I guess, late into the team. I mean, it's it's really bad. So maybe you'll get maybe you'll get a testy game. Maybe you'll get something just out of the out of the norm. Could be yeah, could get you know, no vetch okay. trick from someone. Somebody could yeah. throw eight up there. I think. Yeah, with throw them, an eight up there. Yeah. Both those teams at the goaltending. I wonder what the over under will be for that game. That's yeah. a good point. That's that is a, really a good yeah. point. The over under is like sixty and a half. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> 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 yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, basically, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, all right, so uh, go ahead, uh, Smitty was trip number yeah, two. Yeah, uh, trip number two. So how much of a disappointment has Tyler Bertuzzi been for the Toronto Maple Leafs? The, you mean you mean returning Boston Bruin? <laughs> right. Bertuzzi? right wait, I'll tell you, yeah. the, the people here spy. didn't want him to leave. Spy. Yeah, they didn't yeah, want him to leave. Spy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Like I was, ta- I was mentioning to you guys before the show, like I did one Google search for Tyler Bertuzzi and the the top search results were, should the Bruins be keeping an eye on Tyler Bertuzzi? <laughs> Is Tyler Bertuzzi's return to Boston imminent? Like, yeah. Okay. Right. We're, we're already talking right. about this like right. that. Yeah. A mo- a and he was, a month and he was lapping. He was laughing at Marchand's chirping of, yeah. of Reeves too. See, and that caught fire too. Yeah. How'd that, how'd that play up that- there? <laughs> so that, that to me is not, like I didn't find that offensive or yeah. I didn't think that was a thing at all. Yeah. Bertuzzi had, he just came off that day talking about mm-hmm. how much he loves Marshan's antics and he was a great teammate. Like mm. we know that they're buddies and we know that there's respect there, right? Like mm-hmm. he was right. laughing because he's just laughing off Marshand being Marshand. Right. It's not because sure. he's laughing at the situation and being mm-hmm. like, wow, we stink. Like, right. yeah, th- but, but true, but you're right. Like the fact that it happened on the Leafs bench and that fan base and, and how like the media, uh, you know, will make it into something certainly mm-hmm. in a hockey crazed market. I understand all that. Look, like the, 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 the desire to generate the desire to read into everything in certain markets versus others. Of course, you know, you're under a microscope in Toronto. That's not a secret. Right. So like anything like mm-hmm. that is going to catch fire, but I didn't read it that way. And I, and also like the, the rest of the bench was chirping him anyway, like, you know, based on what happened. So mm. 
He, he was he, like off to the corner. He wasn't even in yeah, the middle of it. He and, was like and, the the I match. mean, he hasn't had a great start to the season, so I'm sure that's part of the reason he's he's catching sure. all the all the heat and the blowback sure. is is he hasn't right. really but, performed but on the point, ice. Though, yeah, but right. to your point, like none of the players who came in in the offseason have had stellar no. starts, right? Like no. Max Domi doesn't have a goal. Ryan Reeves doesn't have a point. There's already discussions about should there be another forward put in place like that might generate offense. Like mm-hmm. they're really getting offense from the big contract guys. Mm-hmm. The least I'm talking right. about, right? Yeah. Like, right. like Austin right. Matthews is lights out. Nylander's mm-hmm. playing on a contract year. Mm-hmm. Marner and Tavares are playing well. Mm-hmm. And then you see a drop off essentially like Morgan Riley. Sure. But then mm-hmm. beyond that, like your depth players with Toronto are not performing to a level you would want them to be at, at after 11 games. Right. I mean, it's true. And and speaking of which trip three is Ryan Reeves wasn't happy with the response to the Brad Marchand hit on Timothy Ligren. Uh, but isn't it mostly his fault? <laughs> like, isn't it mostly he he's brought in there not to score goals, which he doesn't do, but to do this type of thing. Right. The thing is, if you leave the conversation open enough that like there was no physical response. Right. And like it was I think his point was I wasn't matched up with Marshan, so I couldn't necessarily, you know, go out on the ice and make a statement. But like last change. Right. Sure. Sure. But but still, you're right. Like the optics of it are if you're looking at it, just like here's all the facts. Mm. Ryan Reeves doesn't have any points. Ryan Reeves is there as a let's protect the stars and also let's add some grit and toughness to this team. And when that doesn't particularly happen in this particular case, then the question will be raised. But his point's also valid. He wasn't on the ice with him. So what's he, what's yeah, he supposed what to do? What can you do? Yeah. What can you do? Yeah, but it's, uh, it's interesting because they tried Ryan O'Reilly last year. You know, they've tried to insert some people in there that can even out the lineup, and it just doesn't seem – it seems to be really top-heavy and really offensive-heavy every single year. And Edmonton's going through the same type, type of thing, and it just seems like it just doesn't work at the end of the day. Um, and at some point, I think you just have to change some of the philosophy and what you're trying to do to build the team. I just – just don't think it works. That, that but, style of, yeah, that's the other theory is that the style of offense that the Leafs are deploying is not gelling initially well with the new faces in the squad. Right. right? Whereas with true. Boston, it's the opposite. It's like right. they've integrated really well. The new faces have integrated to very, very well to yeah. that offense. And it's already paying yeah. dividends. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, so what is up in Edmonton? Sherp number four. Uh, what is up in Edmonton? A very disappointing start. Uh, two, eight, and one. Worst start uh, since ninety two, ninety three. Is it time for them to make a big change? Are they gonna Are they gonna do something drastic here to try to get this season uh, back on the rails? Yeah, Jack Campbell's the the the, the first step, right? Mm-hmm. Like waving him, reassigning him, and you know what will happen to that cap space, and what will happen uh, between the pipes in Edmonton. You know, Stuart Skinner had a lot of looks last season, and um, the Oilers had a little bit of success, but they're looking for a lot more success. And I mean, if there's one cup or bust team in the league right now, expectations wise, we just talked about one, and Edmonton is the other, right? So mm-hmm. it's. To me, like better sooner than later, Uh, you know, you might even get a better scenario, a better deal now as opposed to the trade deadline might be worth looking and see who's available. 
especially goaltenders. So, Do you think Ken Holland's going to make a move now for a goaltender? I mean, I've heard some, you know, we've heard some rumblings, you know, Possibly the Bruins with Allmark seem to seem like they might be a match. Philadelphia has feel about that. Carter How do you Hart feel about that. I uh, I'm torn. If I mean if it's Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I'm a no. But if somehow some way like a dry sidle is on the table, then I am 100 percent in. But you know yeah. it has to be for the right guy. I'm not trading for Nugent Hopkins, who plays with two of the five best players in the game, had a career year last year um, um, on the power and scored, you know, a, the majority of his points on the power play. You know, you can pass to, you can pass it to McDavid. He can dance through four guys and dish it to Dreisaitl, who taps it in, and you got a secondary assist, you know? Right. So right. Um, I, I'm not 100% sold on him. Um, but I would do it if, if you would, you know, if you're going to give me dry side, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm all in. Well, the, the issue is, is that the Bruins have really built this team on excellent goaltending and yes. defensive structure this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are really sticking to the platoon and I've heard that it could be through the playoffs, the, 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 you know, every other platoon. And so that, and Donnie Sweeney is not a real risk taker, especially mid season. Like to, to really change the makeup of your team is not something he does. Uh, he'll make a big trade that it's a win. I mean, he's won a lot of trades mid season, but it's been a pretty much slam dunk win. Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle. I mean, there's been some really good trades mm-hmm. that have been slam dunks for them. He's not going to do a 50, 50 hockey trade. You know, he doesn't typically do that. I no. would do it if it's Dreisaitl, of course. But the, the Edmonton Oilers do that for a 29-year-old goalie and Jake DeBrusque, who has one goal and has been up and down, and Derek Forbort. And, and I, you know, this that was part of the, the trade that, that it was mentioned and rumored. So I don't, I just don't know if there's a match there anyway, but I also don't see Donnie Sweeney being the type to say, okay, let's change the whole makeup of the team and, and uh, go a completely different direction. I just don't I, see it happen. I, I don't see how dry saddles on the table. I just don't. I, I don't. Not for not I, for I that. don't. No. No, 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 I don't. No. I just don't. If that happened, I mean, listen, Gretzky got traded. I get it. But, like, it would take a king's ransom for someone right. like dry saddles. So, so, he's eight and a half a year with another year left. Like, yeah. he, that's an affordable contract. Sure it is. Who just gets ridiculous points. Yeah, so here's, here's, just, here's what, uh, the best player in the NHL. Yeah. I mean, here's yeah, what your, most people, yeah. here's what your, here's what your colleague, here's what your colleague Butchergrass uh, proposed to Ryan Whitney. He said, would you trade dry and Fogel for last year's Vezina winner? All Mark DeBrusque, Patra, Lysel, and a 2026 first. That's what Butcher Gras said to Ryan Whitney on Twitter. The only reason I'm I would question that is like I get the pieces there, but like, yeah, I don't know. Is if Allmark I'm Edmonton, I say no. I mean, is 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 Allmark going to thrive in Edmonton? That defensive structure is well, so that's much the different. Thing. Yeah, and Allmark right. Allmark does face like 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 the Bruins don't give up all that many high danger chances, right? Like they're very much a responsible defensive team. So they might give up like mid range to low chances. Like a lot of those shots they face are not scary chances often. Right. Right. So like with Edmonton though, it will be. 
So right. is Allmark going to perform at that level mm. on another in another system? I I don't know. I, I don't, don't buy know. much into the reigning Vezina thing. Like I'm not I'm not trying to be a Allmark dissuader, mm. but I'm also saying like, is this a sustainable path for mm. Allmark? especially on another team in another system. Well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, the Bruins have had a lot of success um, with, with their goalies and their goaltending, you know, goalie Bob is, you know, revered around here for, for being able to develop goalies. Um, But they've really had success with all the guys that they've had in recently. And I think a, big part of that is their system and the type of chances they allow, you know, Omar comes over from Buffalo. He, he wasn't great there, uh, but he's flourished here. Tuka Rask flourished here. Tim Thomas flourished here. You know, there's been, you know, Halak Halak had a really good season here as a backup. So they, you know, when guys come here and they get into the system, um, you know, the Bruins defensive structure really helps out the goaltending. So I think if he does go somewhere else, there's a chance that it goes the other way. And then the other teams like looking at the general manager or the fans are and saying, what the hell is going on? What is that? Yeah. What is that? From yeah. a from a from the Bruins perspective though, like if there's a way to get dry I I do think you entertain. Oh, like yeah. here's the thing, like the Bruins <laughs> are like even the start aside, I know that listen, I'm <laughs> guilty of this too. Part of the reason I wanted to come on this podcast was to apologize to the Bruins fan base for <laughs> ba- calling them essentially a wild card team at best at the start of the season before the season started. My my prognostications yeah. are not going well with the Bruins this year. Let's put it yeah, that way. But yeah. like yeah, like it's just not like center depth, blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, 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 Remember those days? <laughs> We're all having a great laugh at that. But like, but like they they are a like I mean the Oilers have the pressure of being a cup or bust team. The Bruins have the benefit of not like the that pressure is not as as prevalent for this team as it is for Edmonton, right? But mm-hmm. they could also be in that same bucket, like, okay, we could, we could go on a run here. Like Mm -hmm. we really, really could. Is it going to take one more high scoring center to do it? You know what I mean? Like I I, I do want to see how this Bruins team performs in the trenches when they have a, look, look, I'm not a schedule guy, but I do, I am interested in seeing how this team does when it's like a stretch of like really strong like upper echelon teams back to back to back you know what i mean mm-hmm. and they have a stretch of like five games where they're playing like cup contenders and playoff teams and mm-hmm. you know what i mean so that'll be an interesting stretch for sure yeah man it will be for someone like a matt patra and that's really the test is mid-season grind of a season you get a murderer's row five or six teams yeah that's that's where the rubber meets the road with someone like him and and i think if they can't get a center they go out and get a winger that can really score um, because I think there's still a forward short, whether that's a yeah. center or a wing, whatever it is, but they're a forward short uh, if they really want to make a deep run, I think. But uh, all right, chirp number five, thoughts on Frozen Frenzy and how it went. Awesome. Uh, I, yeah. I, I thought it was, the, the response was awesome uh, from the hockey mm-hmm. community, but also from like, the, the response was good from like great from like other sports too. Like it, yeah. it really felt like it was an event like to, to me, like just talking with people at ESPN, like it was really impressive that it was just a random Tuesday mm-hmm. on the calendar, mm-hmm. like uh, otherwise would have been right. Right. But right. Now to, to add something significant to it and placing mm-hmm. significance upon it, I thought was really impressive. 
you know, like right. it, the fact that every, it, it got pulled off like that. And like, it's not easy to put a schedule like that too, right? Like to have every no. team, the staggered starts and like making sure mm-hmm. that you can even have every team playing and, you know, logistics mm-hmm. of it and buildings. Right. Et cetera, right? So, right. Yeah, right. exactly. That's so a, that's a tough one. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I do think yeah. that like the, the broadcast was great. We had, we also mm-hmm. had a triple header on ESPN, mm-hmm. like, Everything aligned there it was awesome. I, I I really hope we do it again. I'd be shocked if we didn't. I don't know. I don't have like the official word. I wish I could like announce it here, but I can't. I don't know anything. But like, right. I would be shocked. But I really do think that it's absolutely worth, in my opinion, right. uh, doing it again. Well, they wanted to make your, sure you signed that extension before they committed to anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, by the way, big, big let's deal. go. Yeah. 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 Got to have somebody there to anchor the coverage. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so it was good. It was good. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was fun. Okay, uh, chirp number six. Uh, the last time you came on, I don't know if you recall this. I think you probably do. Uh, but you said that Austin Matthews was going to break the all-time goals record. Do you still that. believe this to be true? I, I And actually, if I recall correctly, I said he would do it in a Bruins uniform. <laughs> He's adding to like ridiculousness. His Coyotes era will have ended. Yeah. And he will end right. his career with the Bruins. <laughs> It'll fantastic i love it it'll it be could. like a, it'll be like the mike Medano thing where like he'll play like you know the Leafs right. this whole season and he'll play the last year with the bruins right. and but right. he'll break the record there though yeah <laughs> we'll break it there right um i he's gonna get to 70 boys uh it may not be this year okay. but he's gonna do it in his career for sure he's gonna get to 70 goals uh i do think that he has the like there's a di- like you can see it man like you can even the, the like the the last few games. It's not even just the hat tricks, okay? Like those those are impressive. Don't get me wrong, but like he has that like I'm just gonna score now vision, right? And like if that is consistent throughout, his, it has been consistent through his career so far. And if that continues, mm-hmm. he legitimately and if he has the longevity, he doesn't miss a lot of time. Uh, you know, I know that he's more injury prone than an Alex Ovechkin. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he has been throughout his career, but like sure. if he has a, a, a great stretch of runway that he doesn't get injured, I do think he at least threatens it uh, mm-hmm. and he can get in the vicinity uh, if he doesn't like the only thing that would derail it is if he has significant injury time. Yeah, I'd say health probably it would right, be sure. the would be. Cause, I mean, you can just see it with 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 the release and and the way that he is around the front of the net. He just has a knack for scoring yeah. goals, for being in the right place at the right time, for dangling around people. I mean, whatever he can score any number of ways. So uh, he certainly has the ability to 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 do it if he's gonna uh, hang around long enough. And right this second, he has more goals than the San Jose Sharks, 13 to 12. <laughs> completely, completely. Like, it's just unbelievable how ridiculous that is, right? Yeah. It's unbelievable. It like, really is. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it really is. Uh, so I will off. tell you that my bold prediction this year was that Austin would have 60 goals this season. Okay. Yep. Uh, but like 70s, 70s not out of the realm of possibility. He, he could also be the 50 and 50 guy, like the actual 50 sure. and 50, right? Like from the start of yeah. the season. He did it two years right. ago, right? Like in the middle. Like he, he didn't did. do, yeah. yeah. He didn't was get he credit for it, though. Neely? Was he the first since Neely? He didn't get credit, he... though, because it was like, 
Was yeah, it? like he, it was oh, like a, te- right. it was like a technicality. Like it didn't start. He didn't do it to start the season, but he did it in a fifty-game stretch. Okay. So oh, like the official the record, books, yeah, 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 right, right, right. The official right. record books is you have to do it from the start of the season, right? Okay, he's already yeah. like one goal ahead of schedule, right? These are like thirteen goals in twelve games or something. Thirteen like goals in twelve games, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, so chirp seven, your bold NHL prediction for this season: uh, Toronto and Edmonton rebound. They meet in the Stanley Cup final. If it is not, <laughs> if it is not Boston and Vegas, uh, it will mm-hmm. be Toronto and Edmonton. Uh, the only reason I'm saying this is because that's what I predicted at the start of the season, and I don't want to look like an idiot. So <laughs> right. I would so, like that to come true. Hey, you just stick with your guns there. I there guess. you go, and right. you got you got a Canadian team winning it for the first time since what '93 with Montreal. '93 with with the Habs. Yeah, yeah. so that so there you go. All your yeah. Canadian and friends have, will be happy. Matthews and McDavid in a Stanley Cup final. Amazing. Yeah, it would be amazing. fantastic. It would be amazing. League. It really is. Um, yeah, here's here's another here's another bold prediction. The Hughes brothers all win individual trophies this year. Okay. So we like, approached that last week. We talked about the Espos did, did it in seventy four seventy five. The Espos won four together, and okay. the Hughes brothers. Um, yeah, they won a, a the Vesna. They won the Hart, the Richard, and the Art Ross, I believe. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, Phil had three and so Tony people had People were one. talking about the Hughes. Who? Well, people were talking about how the Hughes family could be the greatest hockey family at the end of the day. And they talked oh, about the SPC when it's all said and done. Yeah, it's all said oh, and done. Right. It, it could be like the three of them alone. Sure. I mean, the Sutter's just by volume, maybe. Right. It was like ten of them. Or <laughs> the Stastny's right. have like generations too, right? Yeah. They right. all played on the same the line. Stassi's that was played cool. on the same line. That was that great. was cool yeah. with the Nordiques, yeah. right? Yeah. But like, yeah. like Jack Hughes Hart. Quinn Hughes, Norris, yeah. Luke Hughes has a little ways to go, but Calder, uh, sure, Calder, right? Like mm-hmm. the, it's not insane, no, to hear that, no, you know, especially Jack. Like Jack is like cruising. Oh yeah, right. It's having an unbelievable right. year, start to the year. Right. So you have Bruins stars. I mean, I'm sorry, you you watch the Bruins stars because you have the stars coming up. Uh, your next broadcast is that what it is? So yeah. You know, yeah, what, future, what your... future Edmonton oiler Jeremy Swayman had a great game. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he was great. He's on his head. It was terrific. Yeah. Well, I will say this, and I said this. I think it was trade capital. I said this last year. <laughs> the Bruins have to trade one of them because you can't pay two goalies five million bucks a piece. Yeah, so not in this day and age. At some point, yeah. you have to. Uh, trade and it will what be all their, mark, I would believe. But what, what are their uh contract situations? All mark is five years with what two left. I think uh, it, five, I'm sorry, five million with two left, right? Okay, and this year and next, oh, here, okay. the one he's still an RFA at the end of this year, so yeah. yeah okay, near bridge, yeah. Okay, so you're looking yeah. at uh, I'm looking at Captain now yeah so okay. no movement clause changed to no trade, I believe, for all mark. I think there's a trade list now. Where it was no movement at one point, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, so this leaves the window open. For, I think it's off season, but we'll see. Here's hoping it's easy to get that trade list, right? You don't yeah. want to get into <laughs> right another situation where teams well, don't right. have it. Right. Well, somebody, some, after all this talk of, of, you know, all marked to Edmonton and somebody had mentioned that they think Edmonton is on his, <laughs> is on his trade list that he, that he wouldn't go. Really? Yeah. That he wouldn't go. That he wouldn't go. Well, yeah. That he wouldn't go. You know, it, 
you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I wouldn't be. Why would either of them want to move right now? Right. Yeah. Right. That's the other right. thing. Like they, they must, they love this team. They love playing yeah. with the, they love being a tandem. The, yeah. the vibes yes. are immaculate. Like they might be the yes. best. They might be the happiest one, two goalie combination in NHL right. history. Right. Yeah. And to, and to have two goalies be able to say, yeah, I'll play every other game is really kind of rare. You know, usually Absolutely. you want the net. You know Dude, what I mean? I, I can't so tell you how many I can't tell you how many goaltenders, former NHL goaltenders I've spoken to where they're like, I don't understand this dynamic at all. No. Like the fact that like how can they not be competitive against each other? Like they would tell me, they'd be like, when I was in the NHL, there's no way that I would want to be like this. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna be rude to the guy, but like I'm mm-hmm. competitive. I want that net. Like right. I don't want somebody to 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 threaten that and like yeah, like it's it just like the fact that it work not only works but thrives is incredible. Yeah, I don't know what Don Sweeney says to players because he gets them to sign <laughs> affordable deals. He gets them to platoon goaltenders. I don't know what it is, but hey, reaping the benefits, I guess. I don't know. Um, well, all right, Arda, we we really appreciate you coming on again. Love having you. Hey, congrats again. Thanks, we'll man. be watching, buddy. That's that's really really cool. Yeah. Do a great job. Next time I do a Bruins game, feel free to chirp me. Tell me what I guess yes. wrong. Make sure that uh, yeah, we'll recap it. Yeah, we'll we'll give we'll me some recap. words to say on the air. Yeah, yeah, no problem. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do a full recap. Yeah, we'll do a full recap from our performance. <laughs> awful, awful. Great yeah. letter grades. Here's new how segment. It went. Yeah, new segment. yeah. Oh my yeah, god. This weekend, Arda. Yeah, it's a new segment. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Here's what sucked. Yeah, yeah. yeah I love it. Right. I love it. I love it. Thanks, Always happy to be here, boys. Yeah, yeah. This was fun. Yeah. As always, awesome. call Thanks me anytime. So Thanks right. a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. All right. Uh, and Arda Ocal joins us from ESPN. Uh, always great to have him. Friend of the program, which is awesome to say because he's he's amazing and he just signed a brand new contract to stay on with ESPN. Hey, rapid review time. We're going to do rapid review. Rapid Not reviews. Review. Rapid. Rapid. November 2nd. Versus the Toronto Maple Leafs, a great hockey game, won by your Boston Bruins, 3-2 to two in a shootout. Uh, this was a game that they kind of, uh, you know, it was just a good hockey uh, game against two, with two teams that have a history. And uh, this was one on the schedule that the Bruins were finally facing, like, a top team in the league, top talented team in the league, and answered the call with a win. They did, uh, and you know it was it was an it was a nice win against a, against a really good Toronto team, obviously, uh, and yeah. you know, Lowry makes his debut. You know, Zaka stays hot. Coyle was dominant in the faceoff, and they you know couple of couple of shootout beauties from from JD and Coyle to win it, and and uh, you know Swayman was unbelievable in that game. You know, I think he had thirty something saves, thirty four saves, maybe. Right. Uh, so yeah, he was fantastic. So uh, yeah, it was yeah. A great, great win for them. It was, yeah, really was. Uh, November fourth, uh, a loss to Detroit. This was a kind of a sloppy affair, five to four loss. A lot of penalties. Uh, not great officiating, but it's not the be all end all because the Bruins uh, just didn't play great at times. Uh, wasn't It was just one of those games that you felt was coming, maybe scheduled loss kind of thing. They had beaten Detroit earlier in the year. Detroit's hot, playing well offensively. 
Bruins jump out early, get a couple. JVR with his fourth, and then Matt Potra with his fourth on a beautiful goal. Oh, gorgeous. Uh, great hands. I mean, yeah. unbelievable. Uh, then the ref show. Detroit gets eight power <laughs> plays. Uh, Detroit gets one on the power play. A penalty, penalty killing streak ends at 14 in a row for Boston. Detroit gets another penalty. I'm sorry, another power play to tie it in the second. Coyle gets his second of the game, uh, second of the season. Uh, Bruins lead three to two after two, but then it collapsed. They give up three goals in the third, and young and experienced D kind of caught up to him in that one. Yeah, I mean, Lowry, Wotherspoon, Mitchell, all kind of exposed there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Pasta gets a power play goal late to kind of get them back into it. Things got a little chippy at the end, which was uh, nice to see, you know, a couple of misconducts and, and some, some things going on there. Uh, but the wings hold on. Um, and the wings, uh, Jesus, the Little Caesars uh, Arena is a house of horrors for the Bruins. They've lost three in a row there. And four of their last five, they cannot win. In Detroit, it's a thing, and that's not good if you <laughs> no. tour the postseason, right? And they play them. Yeah, if you so happen to if happen to meet them like, come playoff time, that's uh, in, it's not a, it's not a good yeah. scene. But for whatever reason, since they uh, they moved out of the Joe and moved in there, the Bruins um, kind of Detroit kind of has their number there. So it's not great. So hopefully, uh, you know, when they go back in there later in the season, they can rectify the situation. Hopefully they can. And then on November the 6th at Dallas, this was a good win for Boston. Three to two win over the stars. Good team on the road. Uh, it was a good effort. Uh, 16, two and one. Now after a loss under Monty, Johnny Beecher and Mason lower, I both get their first NHL goals. First time since 2017, that two Bruins score their first in the same game. McAvoy and DeBrus did it opening night. I believe there was so, opening night against yeah. Nashville, four, three win for yeah. the Bruins. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, it was a really good win. And again, you know, Swayman was unbelievable in this game. Uh, made some, some real big saves for them um, when it, when it mattered. And uh, the Bruins held on and, and had a really good road, road effort against a tough Dallas team. That's, I think it's going to be, you know, right there come, you know, come the end when it comes to uh, the Western Conference uh, playoffs. So they're going to have something to say about who makes it to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, and Lowry scores the goal, but then sits for about 12 minutes after getting caught flat-footed. On a, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it, he he, he kind of made that kind of an inexperienced play there at the line where he was trying to, he was standing still and he tried to dangle a guy. And, you know, you can't do that with a with a lead against, you know, mm-hmm. against an NHL caliber team. Uh, so, you know, that's a learning thing. And, you know, Wotherspoon in, in, uh, in Detroit kind of ha- took a bad angle on Dylan Larkin and he got beat to the net. So this is where, you know, missing your McAvoys and your Grizzlicks uh, really hurt you. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're relying on some guys who just don't have as much NHL experience and frankly probably aren't, NHL defensemen. I mean, they've played games in the mm-hmm. NHL, both of them, Witherspoon and 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 Mitchell. But uh, you know, not not great, great. Really, more of of depth guys than you know guys you want to depend on night in and night out. So um, yeah, a little bit, little bit exposed there, and and it looks like, and I I think this probably will happen when they uh, you know McAvoy comes back and and Grizzly gets healthy, that, that low ride will probably go back to Providence to get a little more seasoning because you can't have a guy um, that you want to develop and rely on sit 
uh, from the majority of the third period when you're looking to close out the game. I mean, he needs to he needs to play. He doesn't. Right. He, he, needs can't, to play. he can't sit. He needs to so. play his 25 minutes. Right. Or whatever, exactly. Or whatever. Two or three minutes. Or yeah. Whatever it is. Exactly. He needs to do it. Yeah. Um, you're right. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is Boston's hometown sportsbook. It's live right here in Massachusetts. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. It's to celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR. You can now bet local on money line spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use now that mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts. That's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist, free and confidentially, 24-7, 21+, physically present in mass, eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing requirements, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply, opt-in required, bonus issued as free bets, terms at draftkings.com slash MA. All right, some Bruins notes, and and you actually stole my thunder there, but we'll talk about it. Mason Lowry, <laughs> uh, when Grizzly and or Forbort come back, what would you like to see happen? I mean, I me, I would like to see him stay up, and I would like to see the Bruins make a trade for a forward that can score. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But what I think will happen is uh, is Lowry will go back down to Providence and play his 25 minutes and, and gain some more seasoning. And we'll either get called up again when there's an injury or, or later in the year uh, through, you know, merit if he's playing really well down there. Uh, or you know, most likely he'll start the season next year with the big club when, when some of these uh, other defensemen leave through uh, free agency. Yeah, I think the the issue is, too, is if Forbort comes back and it's a matter of either Forbort or Lowry, you really don't have, like, that left side penalty killing D. Like, Lowry can do it. Yeah. But does he do it to the extent that someone like a Forbort would – and I think they really value that. Well, I know they value that. They do. So I think that that's what you're looking at is, do you really have enough penalty killing depth for your defenseman if you go with Lowry? I'd like to see Lowry stay up and be in the second pair there with with uh, Carlo. Sure. I'd, I'd like to see that. I Me mean, too. I'd like to see that the whole year long. Mm-hmm. And then just let him, again, you know, I'd rather see him making some mistakes, but then also doing some really great things as right. an upside defenseman. Uh, I'd rather watch that than I, uh, to watch a yeah. guy make mistakes who's, you know, 50 years in the league. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, I would rather have him be up and make his mistakes at the pro level and learn from it and play against men and learn how to penalty kill here and 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 do everything here against better competition. I would rather see him do it here. Uh, right. You know, I, I do agree with you, though, that I think Forbort, through his experience and his years in the league, is a better, pen, better, better penalty killer right now. Yeah. Uh, so I think, and the Bruins value that, uh, and he adds a, a, a some toughness that that Lowry really doesn't have yet. He's still kind of thin. He's a tall kid. He doesn't have the same kind of physicality. He's really more of a, you know. A, a skater and, and a puck mover than he is a, a bruising guy, even though he's big. Um, you know, he's not thick. He's kind of tall. 
and can skate yeah. well. So, uh, you know, kind of a different skill set. So I, I, I just feel like they'll, they will send them down. Uh, I would rather not see it, but I think that's, you know, what will happen in the end. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. And David Krejci at the game coming back. Yeah, guy's a beauty, isn't he? He was just out yeah, there smirking it? at people, just, just chilling with Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just chilling. He's just. Yeah. I mean, God, I love David Krejci. No, he's yeah. I mean, he's a guy that you're gonna love even more like ten years from now. Yeah, like you're gonna romanticize about that guy more than you liked him when he was playing. Yeah, you know I'm saying yeah, like he's gonna be I know one of those you guys. You look back at boy Krejci, boy, he was amazing. Yeah, you know what I mean, and and it's just you know you are. It's just that's just how it's gonna how it's gonna be. And everybody's gonna everybody who's even lukewarm about him is gonna come around. Yeah, like he's gonna be revered like 20 years from now. Yeah, and he should be because uh, he yeah. he did a lot of great things for the Bruins. He was a, he was a really really good playoff performer. Um, you know, I'll go to my grave that. Uh, that year against Philly when he got hurt on the hit, um, yeah. that, uh, they, 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 they win it that year. If, if he, yeah. if he stays healthy, cause I believe he was leading the team and, and possibly the league in points the at league. that. Yeah. The league in points yes. in the playoffs at that particular time. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's just, he has amazing hands, amazing vision. Potra does some things that remind me of Krejci, how he, kind of slows the game down. He'll circle back, you know, make some puck protection plays, and then all of a sudden he zips a pass or, you know, sees somebody in a seam that you wouldn't normally think would be there uh, and just has unbelievable vision. And and that reminds me of Krejci because that's, you know, that was a a lot of what Krejci did. And he had such an underrated shot. I wish the guy would shoot more. He had an absolute missile. Uh, And he used to shoot more a little bit in the playoffs where where guys would be expecting the pass, and then he just you know, snipe one. Um, yeah. yeah. Big goals. Yeah. yeah. One of the greatest plays from Krejci for me was that Nathan Horton goal, Nathan Horton goals to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh yeah. Seven. Yeah. Where he made that cross ice pass. Like that yeah. was just vintage David Krejci. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. A beauty and a bender this week. A beauty is goaltender Jeremy Swayman. We love Sway. The Sway. Gonna sway is the way. They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. Jeremy Swayman is a was a one three eight uh, goals against and like a nine five four save percentage. He's five and zero. Oh. He's just a brick wall back there. He's just and he's an RFA and he's going to command five or six million bucks at least a year. And you're going to have to do something about it. Yeah, he's. I think he's either first or second in the league in high danger save chances, or, or top five in high danger save chances too. So he's just doing everything at a, at a really high level right now. Monty says his his poise in the net is what he notices uh, most. Uh, being different from last year, how he's really in control of the game this year when he's in the net. Uh, mm-hmm. As an example, he used uh, at the very end of that Dallas game with five seconds left, the puck comes to him and he just kind of holds it there. And then right as it's running down, instead of taking the face off, he just passes it out to a defenseman with, you know, basically no time left and lets the clock run out. And it's just like completely in control, uh, mm-hmm. you know, had, had, uh, had everything, you know, going going the right way for the Bruins there and and uh you know they just come out with the W and he's just yeah he's just outstanding he is he's just just outstanding and uh it's a best case scenario for the Bruins now is it later I don't know can he win the Vesna we talked about this off air 
Can he win the Vesna playing 41 games? Uh, I don't think he can unless he goes 41 and 0. Unless it's like, yeah, unless it's like. <laughs> I mean, Allmark last year uh, only played played 49 games. He, yeah, I mean, yeah. he played 49 games. He started 48, right. played in 49. 49 yeah. And uh, and he was what, like 26 and 3 or something like that? Uh, like yeah, 36 and 3 or something like ridiculous yeah. thing. So, uh, yeah, so, so whatever it was, I think he had like three losses on the season. So, right. you know, if, if Swayman puts a year together like that, where he's, you know, in 41 games, if he's, you know, 35 and two and right. whatever with like seven or eight shutouts and a 940, like, yeah, I mean, probably could win it at that point. Um, yeah. Would they give it to Bruins in back to back years when they're not playing, you know, as many games as a, Hellebuck or an Ottinger or something, somebody like that. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it would be interesting to yeah. see because I think there was some blowback against it with Allmark, um, right? Especially yes, coming coming yeah. down the stretch there, as there was some a lot of talk for Sorokin and some you know some other guys. So um, mm-hmm. maybe maybe he can't, but. Um, I don't know. I, I it'll be interesting to see what what happens in in that situation. Do do you? I think I remember that was a Carey Price who played. He had the lowest number of games for a Vesna winner since Carey Price, maybe one year. Um, Price won it one year f- where he was like injured, and he still right. won it. I think he still won it playing forty five games yeah. or something. Um, but Allmark won forty games. <laughs> okay, so I mean he was. 46 and one with a nine, three, eight and a one, eight, nine goals against. So right now, you know, and it's early, but Swayman's numbers are better. Right. Uh, than, than even that, but I think you're right. I mean, will the league and the right voters or whoever say, okay, we're not doing this platoon thing. You're not going to play half the season and win the Vesna. Yeah. I think that goes against, that'll go against Swayman. It will go against them because they did it last year with Allmark. And I don't think they wanted to do it last year either, but they're like, his numbers are so good. We have to do it. But I, I don't really think they wanted to. I think they wanted it to, it's like, you know, voting for an MVP that for the DH in, in baseball, it's like, well, he only plays half the time. I don't want to vote for him for MVP. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think they hold that against you. If you, if you don't play enough games in their eyes. Sure. Yeah. So I think that's true. I think that's true. Without a doubt. Yeah. All right. So, uh, our bender this week is Mr. Ryan Reeves. <laughs> Ah, bender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. bender. Reeves. Yeah. Uh, a lot of talk I, I from Ryan. Disagree. Like I, 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 I just disagree with the whole, I wasn't on the ice thing. Like, I think this is revisionist history. This is buyer's remorse, whatever the hell you want to call sure. it. I think Sheldon Keefe had a fucking conniption. And I think Ryan Reeves is like, yeah, you're right. We should have done something. Yes. You were the first one that should have done something. Yeah, because John Tavares isn't going to jump him in the you know, right. the blue line. So let's. I mean, you know, I think there's. I think there's a little bit of. Yeah, yeah, you're going to get it next time, but dude, well, you should have done something about it then. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of blowback from the Toronto fan base. There was a lot of blowback from the Toronto media because they take everything, you know, really well up there when things don't go the Leafs' way, uh, mm-hmm. and. 
um, you know, what are they, what are the guys on the team and stuff going to do when everybody's yelling and screaming all of a sudden saying, Oh, you should have done something. They're going to say, yeah, yeah. I wanted to do something. I just wasn't out there. You know, they're going to, they're going to make excuses for what happens. And, and first of all, we've talked about it before, but the hit really wasn't that bad. Linda Link Lilgren cut in front of Marshand and put himself in that position for Marshand to skate through the back of him. Uh, yes, and, and and t- and and yep. hit him off balance. Yep. He cut into Marshan's line to the puck in the wall, trying to slow him down and kind of get ridden into the boards and and keep control of the puck. It's his own fucking fault. It's his own fault. You can talk all you want about Marshan being a dirty guy and everything, and maybe he should have got a trip. But saying it was intentionally dirty and all this other shit, and I want to fight him. Talk to your own fucking guy about the way you, he goes back and retrieves pucks. Yeah, it was it was putting himself in a prone position, and Marshan held his ground, and he doesn't give a shit if you go asshole rookie decals. No, like I get that, but uh, I don't blame. It certainly wasn't a slew foot. No, like you said, it's probably a trip. He did keep his skate there, but most of it was so that he didn't go careening into the friggin' thing either. He had to keep a low center of gravity, like he always does. You know, he gets in your feet sometimes. He didn't kick. You know, he didn't kick. He didn't, he didn't slide his feet. He didn't, he didn't slide his no. foot out. He kept no. his skates in the same position they were in, and Lilligren cut in 100%. front of him. 100%. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, you know, so all the all the uproar after that, I think, is a bunch of bullshit, honestly. Like, you're going to... Like you're gonna you're gonna go beat a guy up for every puck battle? Yeah, your teammate got hurt. It was unfortunate. Nobody wants to see that happen. Nobody likes it when guys go down. But to to beat somebody up for for a puck battle? I mean, what are you gonna kill the entire league? There's puck battles every single night where guys go down, and it's unfortunate. Not not hurt down, but down down. You know, every time a guy gets in a puck battle and somebody gives him a shove in the back or a cross check, and we're gonna go fight everybody. I mean, <laughs> I don't think right. I, I, I don't think yeah. that's the way the league works. Honestly, no, I don't think so. I, think so. <laughs> I don't think so, Ryan. Uh, but hey, what can you do? Um, all right, Bender's poll: How should the regular season games be decided? Some talk again about really good games, like like the Bruins game against the Maple Leafs. Like, can we decide that another way other than the shootout, which was great in theory in the beginning? but has become a wet fart of a uh, anticlimactic situation. So here is the poll. Uh, how should regular season games be decided? 10-minute three-on-three, a shootout, keep it as is, or tie? All right. 10-minute three-on-three wins it with 66% of the 318 votes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that. That's how I would do it, too. I would do a 10-minute three-on-three. And then I suppose at that point, I don't know. I think I might just end it in a tie. I mean, I, I know it's like kissing your sister and nobody likes ties. But at that point, I'm okay like with a tie, I'm OK with a tie. If you went 10 minutes three on three, I is grew up true. Someone tweeted this. Is it true? They don't do it because they have to resurface the ice. If they oh, can. I, I, I don't know that. I don't I don't know if that's true or yeah. not. If, and maybe it is. Would put more time in, and these arenas have unions where where the thing has oh, to get done sake. at a certain time. Jesus fucking Christ! You know, I mean, it it is. I mean, the the like the yeah. ushers like 
my my dad's an usher and he mm-hmm. says that the you know a lot of the concerts and and things have to get done at a certain time or the people work in the union get paid overtime you know well the owners won't want that so i mean that's the probably don't want that so they want the game to end around roughly the same time every night they want yeah but i mean i mean yeah. even even with 5 minutes of 3 on 3 10 minutes of 3 on 3 it's it's mostly up and down like there aren't a lot of stoppages in overtime so I don't know why yeah. that would really be an issue. The games yeah. end w- way earlier than concerts do. So yeah. I don't know why that would be a thing. They start earlier than concerts do and they end earlier than concerts yeah. do. So I don't know why yeah. that would be a factor. I mean, if it is, yeah. it is, I guess. But uh, to me, 10 minute three on three and then and then a tie would be fine. Like I grew up with ties. They were they had ties when I was a kid. So yeah. um it's fine. I, I it's, it's fine. Season. Yeah, I mean it's the regular season and then they do it the right way when they play full 5 on 5, you know, yeah. in the and in the playoffs. Point when you go into the 10 minute overtime yet. Don't give a point yet. Yeah, like, I'm with you there too. Point. Like the win is the two points or the tie each get a point. Don't give the point until you're ready to decide the thing in 10 minute overtime. And that's how I would do it. Oh. Like, there's like one or two whistles. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would. Thinking about it now, I'm not sure I would do that because you could just see like a team that needed a point just gets possession in overtime, and then skating around playing fucking keep away for ten minutes oh, right. would be fucking yeah, annoying yeah, as fuck. I, guess I w- that's true. Yeah, I would be like people would be booing. People would be throwing right. shit on the ice, you know, if one team that like needed one point to make the playoffs is no, just you know would be really cool. Grabs and skating around shot it. Clock in the overtime. Like they had a shot clock. So you had a certain amount of time to shoot the puck on net. And if you didn't, you had to give it to the other team and they transition back. That's not like a that would I, be cool. That would be that kind would be cool. That would be kind yeah. of that would be kind of a get cool the thing. Puck on net, uh, or or the thing goes off. Like um but I think I just or a, or or a shot ball. attempt, maybe just a shot attempt. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like lacrosse yeah, or whatever. Attempt. You you you, you attempt a shot, and that. then if it hits the boards, yeah. or whatever you get it or whatever yeah. you miss, you still get a new you get a new clock. Right. Yeah, yeah that, I mean that bad. that'd be that'd be interesting. Yeah. I'd be. I'd be. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, Centennial Spotlight, and it's Raymond Bork. Who had such a sensational career? I mean, I was looking at his numbers today. They're just off the charts ridiculous. He led, he is, he leads all of the NHL all time with 5,950 shots on net. So, to give you some perspective, uh, Patrice Bergeron has like 2,400. <laughs> like, it's like unbelievable the amount of shots on net. And as a defenseman, yeah, it's just un- outrageous. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you if, games, I mean, it's just you want to talk about a guy that could get shots through from the point. There's your man. Oh, there's I mean, your guy. there's your guy. He he. I mean, I mean and and basically their their power play was get it to Bork, let him shoot, and then try to kick in a rebound. Like there there wasn't the there wasn't the bumper and the wings and the down low. Like it was. It was get the puck back to Ray, <laughs> let him fire it, right. and then we'll and then we'll try to kick in the rebound. Yeah, they had he had uh, they started tracking ice time in ninety seven ninety eight, and he he played about twenty seven minutes per game. Uh, he had sixteen hundred and twelve career games, fifteen hundred and eighteen with Boston, 
1,579 points in his career. He had 410 goals as a defenseman, 1,169 assists. He was, uh, and he also is plus minus, was plus 527. Yeah, it's it's very rare, uh, I think, in NHL history that you can yes. you can name, you know, two of the five or six best defensemen were with one franchise. One franchise. And yeah. you have a guy that good, and he's not the best one in your franchise history. <laughs> he's not the best defenseman in your franchise history. Like, if everybody, if you asked any Bruins fan who was the best defenseman in Bruins history, everybody is saying Bobby Orr. Everybody. Everybody. Um, and, I. and having a guy like Ray Bork be the second best defenseman in your team's history is saying something. Man. Oh I mean, gosh. because he's, yeah, I mean, he's one of probably the five or six, seven, eight best defensemen of all time. All time, you know, yeah. so yeah, pretty. Yeah. It, I mean, it's he's right there with Paul Coffey at 1531 points. Yeah, um, he had 1409 games. Wow, that's unbelievable! Plus 298. Um, you know, Bork, Coffey are right in on the conversation. Yeah, Nick Lidstrom, uh, Nick Lidstrom's in there, Dennis Potvan, yeah, probably Larry Robinson. Larry, Larry Robinson. Larry Robinson, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking um, about, uh, but Bork and or Bork could be top three. I mean, you could make a case. Sure, you top could. Three. Sure, you could. You know, he's just. Uh, it's just out un- unbelievable, the type of uh, player he was. Um, all right, Providence Bruins beauty of the week, and hey, it's John Farinacci, the former Harvard star, that was signed by the Bruins after not signing with the Arizona. Coyotes mm-hmm. when his uh, rights expired. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought him in. He didn't have a great camp. No, he didn't. Uh, went to Providence. He's 22 years old and, and sure as shit. Uh, John Farinacci <laughs> has four goals and four assists in 10 games. Yeah, He's I mean, great. I, everybody was saying that this was pro- this was a pretty good get for the Bruins, um, you know, coming yeah. off... Uh, Coming off um, him, you know, declining to uh, to sign with Arizona, so um, you know the Bruins need prospects. Everybody says they have the worst prospects in in hockey. So uh, another guy that you can add to the list, and and he's lighting it up down in Providence. You guys should go down there and, and check them out. They have a lot of yep. a lot of good talent down there. I mean, some <laughs> some of it's up in the NHL now, but uh, it will be back down there again pretty soon when when McAvoy comes back and and the Bruins get a little healthier on the blue line. But uh, Providence has an exciting team. They have some really good players down there: Brandon Bussey and Farinacci and Lysel and Merkulov and McLaughlin and you know they have a bunch of guys, um, mm-hmm. you know, that are uh, exciting uh, kind of young guys that uh, have a chance uh, to crack the lineup with the Bruins at some sure. point. And the, uh, our uh, top 30 prospects will be coming out soon. Farinacci is number 11 Yeah, uh, right now. So uh, we have three prospects probably coming off the book soon. Patra, Beecher, and potentially Lowry could all be getting to the 25th game. Mm-hmm. Once that happens, they are NHLers. They sure are. So that'll, that'll shuffle. That'll shuffle around some people. And yeah. We'll have to find three others to uh, join that list. Yeah. It gets a little thin uh, <laughs> going forward. Um, so uh, prospect spotlight. Speak of the devil. Prospect spotlight this week. Cole Spicer, 
uh, is at Minnesota Duluth, and he's playing with fellow Bruins prospect Quinn Olson, uh, and the two of them are on a really good team with with Duluth. And Spicer has four goals and three assists in nine games. Comes out of the gate quick. That's good and to see. This, he had three goals and three assists all last year in tw- in thirty two games. Okay, so a little improvement too. Tested. Love to yeah. see it. Yeah, little yes. improvement. You know. Getting things going in the right direction. Did Brandon Bussey go to to uh, Duluth also? To Western, Western oh, he went Michigan. to Western Michigan. Okay. Was, uh, but yeah, uh, Spicer was a fourth-round pick in 2022 um, with uh, Patra in that draft. Mm-hmm. That, was a, that was a pretty good draft for the Bruins, um, it seems. I mean, we'll see what right. happens. I think Brunet was in that deal, Frederick Brunet. Mm-hmm. So there's been some, you know, there's some good good players in that 2022. In fact, the 2020 all the way through the 2023 all have some really good reviews and all the players seem to be playing fairly well and progressing. Um, you know, so credit has to be given out to Sweeney. We might have to change the narrative as we talked about, yeah. because some of these guys to have three rookies come in and play significant minutes and significant contributions this year and then to potentially have three more next year with Bussy, Makulov, Lysel, you know, maybe Harrison. I mean, there's guys next year who could be added on as well. And if you had a half a dozen prospects yeah. come in in two seasons, that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that's for a school that was near the bottom. And especially with where you're picking and the lack of first-round picks that they've had the last few years. Right. So, I mean, it, that's really a credit to the scouting staff and to Sweeney. And, you know, you got to give some credit, too, to the development guys, Jamie Langenbrunner and, and, and Adam McQuaid and, and Ryan Mugen, all the, the head coach down in Providence, is doing a great job developing guys as well. So credit to to uh, the all those guys for for the way that they've, uh, you know, developed some guys and, and, you know, hopefully they can continue to improve and end up on the Bruins here in the next few years. Be nice to see. Absolutely. You know what we should have done with, with Arda is we should have had, I just thought of it. We should have had a little wager where if the Bruins made the Stanley cup finals, then we go on the program. Like they have them up, have us via satellite. (laughs) And, (laughs) You know, yeah, you would be like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Bruins Revenge yeah. podcast is, is live with us now on ESPN on The Point. <laughs> Who are these fucking clowns? And why are they on my TV screen? Well, Arda lost a bet. Hey, what's up? Hey, you remember when the Bruins were in the playoffs, Arda? That was awesome. <laughs> That would have been great television. It would have been. Hey, Arda, do you remember when the Bruins were in the playoffs? That was wicked awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, well. Uh, uh, missed opportunity, as Hall & Oates would say. Yes, we they would. November the 9th versus the New York Islanders. Uh, November 11th at Montreal Canadiens for the first time this year. And then November the 14th at the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, and we will be on November the 18th for the rematch for the Montreal Canadiens at Lops Brewing in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. The Lops Brewing and the Bruins Benders podcast proudly present a new beer release November the 18th called Bar Down New England IPA. Bar Down is a New England IPA uh, characterized by a hazy orange color and bursting with citrus aroma and flavor. 
We will be releasing it in the tasting room Saturday, November the 18th on tap and in 16 ounce, four packs to go. We will be recording an episode of the podcast live on the 18th from Lops Brewing at 6 and then hanging out for a meet and greet watch party and many beers watching the Bruins defeat the Montreal Canadiens. So come on and join us if you're in the area. Should be a blast. It should be. Going down to Woonsocket, yeah. you know, some that's some that's NHL territory. There's there's some NHL guys out of Woonsocket there. Brian Berard was a was a Woonsocket guy and and uh what the hell is that goalie's name? Oh man. From uh, Brian uh Brian Boucher. Brian Boucher. Brian Boucher, yeah. that's right. Brian Boucher was uh, yeah. on the TV. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, those uh, some Woonsocket guys, some NHL guys. Martin St. Charles is right down there in in yeah. Woonsocket. So uh, it's a it, yeah, it's a hockey hotbed. It's a it's a good area. Uh, Lops is uh, obviously with their sponsoring of us is a uh, is hop, hockey people. So uh, yeah, come on down there, enjoy some some great beer. They have tons of beers on tap. Flights. The whole ball of wax, bunch of TVs. You can watch the watch the game and and hang out with us for a little bit. Should be a good time. Yeah, we'll 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 have a special little episode, extra episode on that night. Yeah, whole thing okay, starts we'll at six. And it'll be good. Yeah, it starts at six, and uh, come join us if you can. And we'll have to extend an invitation to Art. I'm sure he's busy on Saturday, <laughs> but you know he can come on. He can come on, and uh, we can place that wager with him. Yeah, sounds good to me. I love it. Uh, all right, go to InsideTheRankGuard.com for Bruins, Benders, merchandise, shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, Potsy 51 shirt. Go ahead and get it there at InsideTheRank.com. Follow us on social media at Bruins Benders. And subscribe to the Inside the Rink YouTube page and watch our content on YouTube. Thanks a lot for watching and listening. Special thanks to Arda Ocal for joining us again, and we will see you again next time. Thanks a lot for listening. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Mm, bye-bye. 